welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 23rd of May, and the title of this episode is What Are Wizards Playing At? A warning to start with, this short podcast is going to briefly cover a breaking news story that involves sexual abuse. Until last night, I had thought the title of this podcast would be about D&D Live. This is a good and exciting story, so let's start with it we might be getting a new D&D setting and campaign for it. D&D Live Roll With Advantage will run from June 18th to the 20th, and it's online. You can pay if you want for perks, but it looks like most of it is free to watch. Lots of celebs will be involved in actual play games. However, Wizards Communications on this mention new setting, and new campaign, and new products, as if they weren't anything special and then carry on as if nothing was said. So, honestly, having read the announcements several times, it really does seem as if that by this time next month they will have additional non-trivial amount of new D&D to play with. So, what are you playing at, Wizards? In this case, I think they're trying to generate interest in an event without spoiling the news that will be announced at that event, and I appreciate that's a hard thing to do. Just last night, though, my Twitter stream filled up of genuine upset and actual hatred towards Wizards of the Coast. What happened? Well, in late April, we learned that the new boss of D&D was Ray Winnegar, and that he'd been the boss for some time, at least since 2019. And that made sense, as we hadn't heard from the old boss, Mike Marles, for some time. He'd been silent on social media too. Just a few weeks later... Wizards of the Coast announced that Mike Merles was back on the team. My initial assumption was that D&D had grown so critical that Wizards of the Coast had put a heavy weight in charge of the product and Merles had been given responsibility for something else, perhaps to soften the blow for him. Maybe that something else was the new setting, now hinted at in the D&D live announcements. If so, the timing made sense. And maybe my gut reaction was right. Last night, the hashtag FireMikeMurls seemed to be everywhere. We need to be careful about Twitter storms. They are easily manipulated and a few people can make a lot of noise. But I was curious enough to dig deeper. The story goes back to February 2019, when Wizards of the Coast announced they would purge the name of Zach S from D&D. Zach S had been a playtester of D&D 5e, a big part of the OSR scene a game designer and an artist. He was, and remains, a divisive figure with fans and those who accuse him of manipulation, aggression and hatred towards women and gay men. The tide turned against him when ex-girlfriends finally broke their silence, not only confirming the stories but adding their own horrific sexual abuse at his hands. Now, none of this has been proven, as far as I know, in a court of law. In fact, Zac S has taken legal action against some of the people who have spoken up against him, and there are crowd funding projects to pay for their defence. However, Wizards of the Coast felt that there was compelling, incredible evidence to believe the worst of those stories, and they took action. Their statement said that they regretted ever working with him and be removing his credit from the game. So what's that got to do with the hashtag FireMikeMurls sweeping through Twitter? Well, there are two allegations. Firstly, that Mike Merles, who was the D&D boss at the time, did not take the complaints against Zach S seriously, 
and actively worked to reduce them. Secondly, that Mike Morales named those women who had submitted complaints against Zach S. The fire Mike Morales tweets are from people who see Morales as somebody who tried to defend an alleged abuser and who leaked the names of the complainants to him. The truth, as it always is, is likely to be more complicated than that. What seems to be the case, by coincidence or not, is that we heard dramatically less from Mike Morales about D&D after that situation. If it is the case that Wizards of the Coast did dismiss Morals or demote him as a result of publicly mismanaged sexual abuse claims, then it's odd they would have him back. Now, right in the middle of this Twitter storm, Matt Mercer of Critical Role posted a heartfelt tweet. He said in the first of the multi-part message, Today is one of those days that just hurts. Hurt for the sake of things. Hurt for the victims of injustice and unearned desperate circumstances, the struggle to fight paralysis in the face of all, to feel that one cannot make a difference. We don't know whom Matt Mercer was referring to when he said victims of injustice, but the timing of the tweet added more fuel to the fire. I have some introspection of my own on the story. Geeknative didn't do more than mention the Ray Winnegar story in a routinely itemised roundup of RPG news and yesterday did the same with Marles. His return to D&D was only mentioned in routinely itemised. I hadn't written up the job shuffle news terribly much because I often worry about a mere blog writing about such things. Is it appropriate? I might have done things differently if I had known about the allegations. Should I have known? Probably, but I'm just one guy and I struggle to monitor the whole community and the entire internet. I don't have a time machine, so I guess I'll never know. But here I am, dedicating a huge chunk of the weekly podcast to the story. It feels a bit gloomy, doesn't it? Let's move on and take the chance to get some more bad news out of the way. The world's biggest tabletop conventions have been cancelled. Eschen Spiel 2020 has been cancelled and Gen Con 2020 has also been cancelled. Gen Con Online will run instead and at the same dates, July 30 to August 2. We'll get Spiel.digital this year instead of Essen and that will run from October 22 to 25. The Ennies, one of the RPG's industry's biggest awards, were due to be held at Gen Con. The news is that they will continue and the draw will happen with the live stream. The newly created conventions calendar at Geek Native is up to date with all these events, including D&D Live. Now here's some good news. Cobalt Press are giving away free digital copies of a 5e supplement called Prepared until the May the 31st. In it, you will find 12 pre-written adventures for D&D. If you're a D&D Beyond user and a Discord fan, then the Avray bot looks impressive. It's now been expanded to work with your D&D Beyond purchases. This means on your Discord server you can use the bot to import your D&D Beyond hosted character sheets and then with text commands run entire combats without ever needing to look any stat up. If you're old enough to remember MUDs, multi-user dungeons, then you'll be super impressed at Avre. Alternatively, if you want something more offline, then drop Handiwork Games an email about A-State 2nd Edition. I think A-State is best described as a cult hit RPG, and while it enjoyed great critical praise, I don't think it ever became famous enough to be a great seller. 
It's set in a dark and sombre city that seems to stretch on forever and ever. Now, Handiwork Games are working on converting the game to Forged in the Dark and are now looking for playtesters. So that's your opportunity. If you want to become a playtester, drop them an email. And I think if they're successful, we'll see a second edition of Ace Date. And I suspect it'll be just as good, if not better, than the first. Another dark game is Zehander Grim and Perilous. This week, I took a look at Dark Astral, which takes Zehander into space. Well, in a roundabout way, you see, it's set in a future where humanity has lost most of its technical understanding. Now it all seems like magic. And, of course, while we bicker among our surviving political factions, the other, aliens from the darkness of space, are heading relentlessly towards us. The other bit of Zehander news this week is that the game's publisher, Andrews McMeal Publishing, signed an exclusive deal with Roll20. The press release for that deal suggests that there are more Zehander games on the way and whole new RPG projects from AMP. Roll20 users got further good news this week when Free League Publishing said that their games would come to the platform. Tales from the Loop and Alien are coming to Roll20, and I imagine other titles will follow close behind. It's maybe not a clean sweep of good news for Roll20 this week, though, as a new rifle launched today. It's called Foundry, and GMs have to pay a one-off license fee for it of about 50 bucks players can then connect for free. It works by turning your machine into a web server and having you, not Foundry, host the game. And the early reviews are very positive. Also worth knowing about from the world of RPGs is the bundle of holding deal in which you can pick up Fate of the Norn books. These are Viking RPGs that use runes, not dice, as part of the system. And if Viking sagas aren't your thing, and you prefer traditional fantasy, then what about the most iconic fantasy saga of all time? The Lord of the Rings RPG is now expected out early next year. That swift work from Free League Publishing and the designer Francesco Nepolito. The One Ring RPG won't use the Year Zero engine, and so there are no rules to convert. The last bit of news I wanted to touch on from the RPG space is a bit selfish. Geek Native has posted another genre police article from Ben. And, okay, I'm biased, but I think it's another great one. We're talking about the pros and cons of longevity in RPGs and how to do it right. Now, in the last few minutes, let's blast through some geeky entertainment news. Here, at least, it's been a good week. We're getting more Star Trek. Strange New Worlds will have Anson Mount back as Captain Pike with Ethan Peck returning as Spock. It's a Star Trek series in the boldly going sense, we're told, with a more traditional feel. Netflix and Dark Horse, the Umbrella Academy, is speeding towards season two. The launch date is July 31st, and to celebrate, the cast danced around their lockdown homes. Christopher Nolan set the internet buzzing with the trailer for Tenant. Time runs backwards, it seems, in these clips, and the result is a mix of mystery and high action. And what's more, we're told it will be in cinemas by July 17th. Lastly, as a thank you to site supporters, Geek Native patrons of any tier will get a pair of Deal With It sunglasses in the mail. If you're a patron by the end of the week, then you'll qualify too. Yes, I know, (laughs) these are low-quality gimmicky glasses, but you'd never buy them for yourself. So let me buy them for you as a thanks. 
And with that weird note, let's call it a wrap. Please keep safe, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>